Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Four at the Back. In February 2021, GQ did a feature where they were going to rank the Premier League winners. And I thought we'd kind of jump on that and see what they'd said and see what we make of their their picks. Uh, We've got Maz and Neil here with us tonight to talk through these. Any kind of instincts before we start as to where you kind of expect to see some of these people or some of these sides, I should say, finishing? Oh, I mean, I guess... Uh, I guess it's kind of like you expect the Invincibles to be there somewhere. The City 100 points team, Chelsea's Mourinho set up, United's probably the 08 team. Yeah, those are the kind of ones that come to mind. I'm going to hear a lot of stuff that's just going to annoy me in this one, I can already tell. Yeah, I think uh, I think you are, to be honest, because I've had a quick skim through. Uh, not even as an Arsenal fan, but just as a older it, school football fan. I, there's going to be plenty to rant at, trust me. Right, so without any further ado, we'll go in. There's 28 teams on the list, so they oh, haven't it's they haven't come quite up so far. Don't worry, we're not going to dwell on them all <laughs> in like oh, minute nice. detail. We'll be here all night, but they've gone with the very bottom team. They're, I'm guessing they're saying the worst team to win the Premier League is Manchester United 1996-97. That's ridiculous. That is the most stupid thing I've ever had in my life. They've used the rationale that they only won 21 games, conceded 44 goals, and they had the lowest points total of any Premier League win inside, and they also lost 5-0 to Newcastle. Uh, so it stupid. is... I'm going to kind of critique I mean, it. I wasn't a John Joe Shelby Newcastle, is it? Yeah, you know. <laughs> no, no, quite. And it is also kind of worth thinking, is there really a massive difference between the 95, 96 and 96, 97 Man United? So, I mean, this is a team that won back-to-back Premier Leagues, right? Rather than being a completely different team from the one before. So does that not have to be taken into account? If you are if you start taking point totals into account you're totally missing the point of what's going on you're in a battle when you're in a battle like that it, it's I, I don't know this is already annoying me the fighting for something it's so much harder you know you've you've seen your teams in relegation trouble battling for you know european places whatever it is they're battling for and you all know when you're battling for something against other teams it's so much harder when you know when you're when you're 10 points ahead of everyone because you've spent 600 million pounds of arab money or russian money or whatever money it is the pressure's off you know grinding those out in in a tight season is 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 something else Maz, if you were annoyed by the first one, you're going to be livid with the second one because the second worst team to win the Premier League, according to this article, finished in second or 27th place. Arsenal, 1997-98, the double winning team. Just silence. <laughs> who, who wrote this? Like, it's, it's, that's, that's... Who's writing this? <laughs> Someone that's never watched football, probably. A City fan who, who started getting into football in 2017. One of those kids that wears... Wikipedia saying, yeah, this one looks rubbish. One of those people that, like, you know, wears, like, a Real Madrid top and Barcelona shorts to a, like, five-a-side. They yeah, didn't put, yeah, they he, didn't put he, their name got, on it. He's got a collection of, of, of split-team scarves at home. What's well, why he didn't put his name on it. Just attributed to GQ, not to uh, anyone in particular. 
And there's a bit more of a kind of theme going on here because they seem to not really rate the late 1990s as 26th place just ahead of them is the treble winners, Manchester United 98-99. Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) This is outrageous. What the hell? What's the rationale for that one? Let's see what they've said. This is kind of worth a a look. Uh, There'll be plenty who balk at the lowly status of the treble winners, uh, not least his editor who's already complained about it. Uh, but the bases, the list is based on league form only, and yeah, that, there's not really much of a logic to this because uh, that, that was a really good Arsenal team that they were, uh, you know, winning the title back from. Mm, oh, yeah, but again, that team was last, weren't they? So <laughs> second I mean, to last. That, that's that's probably Beckham's greatest year in football. So they, are they got so Colin Colin York doing absolute madness up front. It's just out of interest. Where is twelve thirteen Man United, which I think is authentically the worst football team that's ever won the Premier League? Well, I tell you what, we'll do. We'll carry on going, and we'll uh, we'll see because I think it's going to be outrageous when we get to them. Put it that way, and. Uh, <laughs> Because, I mean, they're not even the next. There's another Man United team next, but they are thankfully a little bit more recent and from the same sort of vintage. But the 2010-11 Manchester United team come in at 25th. That sounds fair. Although 12-13 would be worse, in my opinion. I think this team is worse than all the ones that we've seen so far, to be honest, this this, this 2010-11 team. And... What what is this? I, you know, I'm not I'm not very good at this era of football and remembering. This, this, this is a, like Chikorita. Give me the strike right? force. Uh, Rooney, I this think. Is on Luis his... Saha. Rooney, Chikorito. Is this the year that uh, Macheda had his little cameo? Is that that's uh, the year? That? Might have been the year before. He was going to be the next big thing, that kid. Yeah, I think that was probably a little bit earlier. So um, Berbatov shared the golden boot with Tevez, and they got. Uh, 20 goals each. Oh, and Javier Hernandez scored 30. Yeah, I knew it was Chicharito off the bench era. Chicharito, the kind of you know budget Solskjaer. And one <laughs> budget of the Mark Robbins. <laughs> yeah. One of the perils of United winning so many titles is that they do appear quite a lot in this list and towards the back bottom end of the list as it happens. And it's another United team in at number 24, which is the one splitting the two Arsenal triumphs. So the 2002-3 Manchester United, which I guess is the one where like you have Rio Ferdinand and Ruud van Nistelrooy for the first time. Van Nistelrooy. But if you think about, yeah, you think about that team, like they still had all those academy players that has come through. That they still, so they still had all of the Fergie, Fergie fledglings, whatever you want to call them. Class 92, as they're probably more properly known these days. So you had all of them, plus van Nistelrooy, Ferdinand, who was in goal by then? I guess it was Bartes. Bartes, yeah. I guess they got probably the, the worst keeper that United had in that era. But <laughs> but apart from that, like, yeah, that was a really good team. It, 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 it was it was a good team, but you know, it was we threw that one away. We should have won that title. But the fact that arguably the the season where that should have been Wenger's best season that they stopped him from winning the title that year. Yeah, that says a lot. Next up, surprise, surprise, Manchester United. Not the 
2012-13 Manchester United, though. Uh, it's the 1992-93, so the inaugural Premier League winners who charged back after the, the signing of, of Cantona to catch, really to catch Norwich, although it was obviously the Villa that finished in second. They've gone here as the justification for United's relatively kind of sparse goal scoring record, I guess, with what's going to uh, compared with what's going to follow. They only scored 67 goals in what was a 42 game season. And that's the really their kind of justification. But it feels a little bit stingy, given that this is the team that lays the ground for all of those triumphs of the late 1990s. If you're yeah, looking at a statistic, like how many goals they scored and decided that's the reason that they don't do it, you obviously didn't see it or do any bloody research into what actually happened in a season. It's just, and that's not even me arguing that that shouldn't be, the team shouldn't be here. But, you know, it's clearly what this person's bloody doing. I mean, maybe they just looked at the fact that Darren Ferguson won a, <laughs> a medal and they decided from there. Well, we sort of did that too, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a really good scene, 92-93. I guess you could see the argument that, you know, they essentially almost let Norwich and Villa finish one and two in the league. I, I can kind of see that argument a little bit. And United were known as bottlers at that time. They'd bottled it to Leeds the season beforehand. So I can kind of allow that, although I wouldn't have them. I'd have them maybe in the middle as opposed to in the 20s. What's going to be interesting as we go on is that we're going to move out of the teams that we think are criminally low on this list. And we're going to start really not liking the height that some of these teams get to. I don't think that's going to come with the next one, though. This is Manchester United. Surprise, surprise. I'm starting to think that whoever did this has a bit of a vendetta against Man United. And this is absolutely city fair. Yeah, maybe. And then this is the 95-96 team. So the the team where they raped in Newcastle uh, with that huge deficit as low as 22nd. You know, I can actually, I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that because Newcastle did definitely throw that away. And if they did bottle it, and if if Cantona hadn't have come back from the suspension and basically dragged them to it, I don't think they, they get over the line there. You're looking at the first season when they're really, relying on Neville Beckham you start to see more of Skulls yeah but but obviously they aren't they aren't the players quite that they'll be in a couple of years I can kind of I'm all right with that one I have to say I think for me it just goes back to what I said when the the subsequent season they were put at the bottom you know I just see them as the same team and you know this is yeah you know, they won back-to-back doubles for a team with that many yeah. young players. And that's quite something, isn't it? It is, yeah. I, I think, you know, probably both of these teams should be around about this time in the list, I would say. In at number 21, Leicester City, 2015-16. I'd say they should be bottom, to be honest. As, mean, much as, it's, as much as it's a great story, if you talk about, like, how good the team was, <laughs> they have to be bottom, surely. That's sort of yeah, the debate, I, I isn't don't, it? I don't disagree with that. You know, yeah, like you say, if it's a story, they're, they're probably number one. But yeah, yeah. as a, a team, they're bottom. That, that's why. And I mean, the fact that the big boys choked it all year round and Arsenal and fucking Spurs choking it at the end there, that was just unforgivable. 
it's unforgivable for me as an Arsenal fan. I think us winning the league at that point would have been kind of embarrassing and we'd have had <laughs> for another 40 years. We, we, he'd be, you know, he'd have died 10 years before and he'd still be manager through some kind of proxy. But yeah, I mean, Spurs should have won the league that year. It was a season too soon for that team. For that year, but less yeah, than what, you know, team. season two. You could say a season too soon for that team no, no, if but, it was Liverpool that won it. But, but it's a bit like, I, feel, I think very similarly about about this Spurs team and about the Brendan Rodgers Liverpool team. Both those teams should have won the league, but they just didn't have, they just didn't have that kind of uh, bite and experience that would have got them through. Like that Chelsea game when we did throw it away, the Battle of the Bridge, as they call it, a team with more experienced players doesn't doesn't play that game that way and doesn't let it get away from them in that way. But yeah, I mean, obviously Spurs and Arsenal. I, mean, I think Arsenal were were sort of leading the league from, until middle of March, like pretty much from the beginning of the season all the way through the middle of March. But yes, Spurs and Arsenal are really, really missed out on a on a good opportunity there. But yeah, I, I think. As we say, number one for story, number 20 for quality. Well, we're just now entering the top 20 and six places higher than the treble winning team is what another one of those sides that won the three in a row for Man United. It's the 2000-2001 winners. I don't remember there being a tremendous amount of difference between any of these sides in that three-year run. Uh, there was evolution and a revolution in that. Uh, That's the that Barone recall. Uh, could well be, could well be. It's only around that time. Oh, is that the year? I think it was maybe the year after. Yeah, like I think all of those. So yeah, you've got that period of time when it's where it's Arsenal and United are very clearly the top two teams in the league. And I, in any of those years, either of those two teams could have won the league. So yeah, I don't know if there's like huge amounts of difference between. Each one of those, I guess it was when those players were really in their pomp. You know, it's when Skulls was a, a 20 goal a season midfield player. And um, I guess they brought in, yeah, Sheringham's on board by this point, isn't he? They've listed um, him here as the key player, Sheringham, as there's 15 goals and the PFA and FWA Player of the Year award winner. Yeah. And and, and so, yeah, I... I it's, it's difficult, like you say, United have won so many titles, and I, and, I, and I don't think like those those teams were were massively different to each other in this period of time. But I'd say that the treble winners were better than this team. Would be my instinct usually. They have highlighted yeah, here. Absolutely. Just going to say they've highlighted here a defining moment of the season as being where. Uh, the the gulf between United and second place Arsenal was emphasised with a 6-1 win when Dwight York got a hat-trick in the first 22 minutes. I'm sure it's a game you remember well, Mess. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, a little into, bit. <laughs> number, number 19, we have the one-season victory of Blackburn Rovers in 94-95. It seems here they've put this down mostly to the attacking prowess of that SAS partnership and the expense, I guess, of putting that together and the climax of the season and how closely run it was with them winning it on the last day. 
I don't know. My instinct looking at this is this might be a little bit high at 19. I, I'd have them down with Leicester, to be honest. I'm very fond of that team. And it's what's what's hilarious about it is you think about it, your mind still thinks this was a, a, a title that was bought. And then you look at the first 11. <laughs> OK, was I too harsh on Blackburn at the side by saying they bought the title? Um very fond of that team. I definitely was desperate for them to win the title. I remember being really keen on the idea of anyone but United winning the title. And Blackburn always seems like your best hope at this time. Um, and they managed to they managed to do it. Uh, yeah, quality of player wise. I mean, Shearer and Sutton aside, Colin Hendry. Yeah, other than that. So you're not looking at a uh, high quality lineup compared to some of the ones we've looked at, but but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you, you think about this this title, and you do think to think about Andy Cole missing 74 chances against West Ham, don't you? You know, when you think about that last day of the season. And there is always the thing of they did only manage to win against a Man United missing Cantona for most of the season because Man United failed to win on the last day of the season. It's not the most kind of convincing resume, is it? Speeding us through the next couple, just to get there, we've got number 18, the the other Arsenal double from the Wenger era, 2001-02. Chelsea 2014-15 are just ahead of them, which is the Mourinho second spell title, where obviously things fell apart very quickly after that. Yeah, but that team... It was one of those, it was basically it's the last Mourinho team that looked like, do you know what I mean? Like everything he did worked. Because he bought Diego Costa, didn't he? You know, he bought Fabregas to supply Diego Costa. He was brave enough to kind of sideline Ashley Cole, bring in Azpilicueta, who ends up being, you know, a Chelsea legend in his own right. Kind of started to, to phase John Terry out, which is brave because obviously Cole and Terry have been, you know, huge players for him the first time around yeah it's a weird one that because you wonder what happened to him with that whole thing with with you know with Ramos and Casillas and stuff at Madrid because that sort of self-destructive stuff when you started to see it when you saw it that second time at Chelsea basically it's been at every club since after that which is a shame because obviously he was a a great personality to have in the league but he's kind of like Lost his, uh, lost his mojo now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it was a weird one that title. I, I kind of, it, it was almost like no one really wanted to win the title that year. They had it wrapped up with quite a long time to spare, if I remember rightly. Yeah, it, yeah, they ran away with it. Just before we move on from the the Arsenal one, they've highlighted here is the defining moment. Arsenal actually being able to win it at Old Trafford and we shouldn't underestimate just what an achievement that was when this was the defining rivalry in the English game and the, the most anticipated fixtures every season. You know, you always looked for when Arsenal were playing United the minute the fixtures came out. Is that the World Tour game? Yes. Yeah. And then moving on from those two, we are now coming up to take us into the top 15. They put two Man United titles back to back. I think these are a bit of a surprise that these are so low. We've got... 0708 and 0809 at 16 and 15 respectively. So this is the Ronaldo Rooney team. Yeah, that's that's uh, the best modern team what? they has. Yeah, that's the yeah, best modern team they has in my opinion. Like, what is that so low? 
Yeah, I'm surprised this is <laughs> seems really low as well. It yeah, is, that, it, the, the, there's a very very modern bias in this list. Like all, all jokes aside, now and moaning aside, and you know, if we did it, there'd probably be a, a a 90s bias. To be fair, however, the modern bias in this this particular list is is glaring. I think this is worse than we'd be if we tried to do ours. And just to run it in and really push that home, you asked me about this. Number 14, Manchester United 2012-13. So better than all the teams that we've spoken about so, so far. That team so was fucking rubbish. gets Van Persie <laughs> from Arsenal, who in, uh, he's at his absolute peak, and he, he, he shoots them and himself to a title <laughs> with pretty much the only chance he was ever going to get in his old career to be a title winner that's better than Rooney and Ronaldo two youngsters absolutely tearing it up go away yeah. just yeah. you've not got a clue what's it's going a, on it's a ask shocking. any Man United fan uh, if that title was better than those ones then you know I, I don't I don't think any of them would ever ever, ever admit to that so so that yeah so their team that year basically what are we looking at De Gea before he was good. Ferdinand and Vidic creaking. Evra creaking. Raphael. Flat to deceive. Valencia. Up and downer. Kagawa. Never really recreated his Dortmund form. Nani. Poor man's Ronaldo. 93-year-old Skulls and Carrick. Rooney. Still kind of good. Uh, it's, it's not up to much, is it? They did highlight here that this is the the first year that De Gea was good. They made a point of saying that after a tough start, he's named in the player of the, the year team. But there's not a lot else you can really do to justify this. This is, uh, frankly, it's a ludicrous choice to have this anywhere near the top 15. I would in put fact, it right if, I were, if I were a City fan, I'd be really, really annoyed that they didn't go back to back after winning that incredibly dramatic title on the final day. They, you know what I mean? It's like, that team should then have used that and gone on. It's a bit, yeah, a bit strange they didn't. Well, it's funny you mentioned City because we've got their first appearance in the list and at number 13 is the 2013-14 Manuel Pellegrini season, probably best remembered as the, the Steven Gerrard slip or slippy G or however you want to yeah, remember it's that. that year. I'd have that. I've had that team quite low, to be honest. I know, you know, he kind of, I guess that that was a big Yaya season, wasn't it? Uh, finishes the top scorer at net in 20 from midfield. And they've yeah. also gone with the unsung hero as Pablo Zabaleta. I mean, obviously still a good team, but Ooh, yeah. uh, they did win that title is... by default. As much as any team, I think, has ever won a title by default, it's them. Yeah, it is so worth this remembering man's, all of these this, teams Worst Man City title winning team uh, is apparently better than all of those United winning title winning teams. Okay. All right. At number 12, we have a team that I liked a lot is Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea team that won the league. Uh, Big Drogba season, if I remember right. Lampard with one of his many kind of strong seasons for, for the club as well. The final one of those Man United three in a rows is up here. I'm not quite sure why one of them is 11th and the others are down at 26th, but they have gone with the 99-2000 United the year immediately following the treble in at number 11. Listing here, Jap Stam is one of the main reasons for that. I guess if he 
had a particularly good season, you might want to list it amongst the top here. And then we're into the top 10. So I guess we'll pause for a minute there. Just have anything you want to add on the, the Ancelotti Chelsea or the 99-2000 United? Yeah, that, that, that Ancelotti team was a really good team. And then they ludicrously sacked him the next season because they finished second. <laughs> Which yeah. is just like, I still think one of the most bonkers things ever. And you you see what he's still doing at, at Madrid now. And you just think, well, yeah. Underrated manager, Carlo. I think he gets kind of pigeonholed as a kind of ego massager. But I think that that that, that, does, him, that does him down quite a lot. Like you don't, you don't win league titles in that many leagues and that many champions leagues without knowing a bit about football yeah that's uh definitely a good manager uh, that's proven time and time and time again and um, yeah a very a very good chelsea team uh, again i'm not sure why that united team as opposed to the other two from that era yeah i'm yeah, take... that different to it what uh just... i take this i take the standpoint that he was sensational um, I always remember right. that Fergie quote. He was like, he's like Steve, Steve Bruce on roller skates, <laughs> which I do, I do always love. Um, but yeah, that it was a good team. But uh, I mean, they are basically the trouble winners, but with another signing. So we're moving into the top 10 here and it's the side that we, well, not the side that we finished last season with, we spoke about them very close to the end of our last season, the Aguero, 2011-12 Manchester City team that beat the United team, basically, that we've just kind of savaged uh, on the last day with that that wonderful finish. I mean, again, I suppose if you go back to stories, this would be right at the top, maybe maybe a little artificially high, perhaps, as much as we wax lyrical about them just on, on quality, because, you know, the, what they did was overhaul at the very, at the death a very poor United side. Wow. Yeah, I mean they they made it harder than it should have been with the quality of player they had. I would say with them. So yeah, winning it on the last they day. They should have romped the league that year, surely. Yeah, like oh, they did make it more difficult than it needs to be for sure. And um, so yeah, but obviously man for man, like it's one of the better quality 11s in there. You'd mm. say, I think. And at number nine is the. Well, the other uh, United team to win three on the bounce, this is the 6-7 United team. I guess they've probably gone for this higher than the more vaunted Champions League win in 11 because this is the side that ends the Mourinho domination of the Premier League, I guess. I can't really see much else for why they would have done it. They are listing here the defensive record as a major reason for that and the back five of van der Sar, Neville, Everett, Ferdinand and Vidic all making the PFA team of the year and them only conceding 27 goals and scoring 19 more goals than anybody else. So I guess they, they have put some stats behind it. But I think I think we've been critical of them leaning quite heavily on the stats in this, haven't we? Yeah. I, I, I think we were earlier wrong, but those stats sound pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, yeah. The best defence and still scored 19 goals more than anyone else. Then pretty hard to argue with that as being an epic team. Yeah, I don't find them, I, I wouldn't find them as memorable as the 7-8. The team but I guess they did break yeah I can understand that like breaking that that little sort of uh period where you know Mourinho made everyone dance with tune for a period of time I always think though you know we've got this period of time maybe between 07 and 10 where you feel like a Benitez Liverpool team should have won the league 
on at least one of them, probably at 08, 09, because they absolutely had the quality they needed to do that. And, and you know, a manager that played football that was designed to win, I guess that's why they were more of a, ends up being more of a cup team. You know, they got they could always get results in one-off games, but maybe just didn't have the consistency. And you got, I guess you get the Benitez uh, facts meltdown and that kind of finishes them off, doesn't it? So next up, we have, I guess this is going to be the last Arsenal entry on the list, the Invincibles at number eight, 2003-4. They've called them a team for the ages here, but they still haven't made the top five. <laughs> it's an interesting call. I'd, I'd have to, yeah, you'd have to have them top five. Surely you'd have to have them top five. If only for I, the achievement. I know there are arguments against the amount of draws and whatever, whatever. But even if you just look at them man for man, player for player, it's one of the best teams. Uh, I, I've got nothing to say anymore about this list. You're speechless. Uh, I'm done. I'm not interested in the list anymore. The list okay, can well, do one. <laughs> it is going to slightly address the what we thought of as the bias against the 1990s to a degree here, because they have gone for Man United 93-94 in at number seven, which is higher than I would have thought it was based on the rest of the list. I mean, obviously, they, they were just completely imperious. There's an argue for, argument for putting them anywhere in the top 10 but I would have thought based on everything else that we've had so far that they might have ended up a lot lower and they have at least put them in at the business end this is obviously the 92 points Cantona running rampant the aura that's number one that's number one for me um you know they just beat everyone before you even stepped on the pitch and you know there are very few teams I sort of remember thinking that about like psychologically they were just teams were scared to play them. I guess maybe Klopp's Liverpool may be like a, a decent modern analogy for that. Yeah, I, I certainly remember that that was the side that you, if you got anything from them, you were thrilled. You know, you just you were beaten even as a fan a lot of the time, just in just thinking about the idea of playing them. Again, you know, so we we're talking about story and so on earlier. It's, it's a, how much you want to weigh these things up comes into it, doesn't it? Uh, they certainly belong in the top few by all by all by all means what they've done next is an interesting one they've put three chelsea teams back to back so i'm going to rattle them off one after the other we've got 2005-6 in at number six that's the first Mourinho spell the repeat winners season yeah yeah and then in at number five 2016-17 which is antonio conte yeah coming in after the leicester win and uh really building the side back up after the disaster that they'd had in that Leicester year. And finally, in at number four is Jose Mourinho's first Chelsea season where they knocked off the the um, invincible Arsenal team and looked like they were going to build a side that would last for a generation. And I suppose the spine of it did, but um, obviously United would roar back quite quickly. So so three in a row for Chelsea there, including two of the, the Mourinho sides. The Mourinho team's absolutely fair enough. I don't think I'd have the Conte team as high as that. You know, the idea of Victor Moses being in a top five, top six Premier League title yeah, winners list is uh, probably a bit rich for my blood. Why is that in there? I don't know why that's <laughs> in there. Why Why is it in there? Because you remember it, mate. Is that why? I, well, I remember love, watching them. But, I love yeah. that team. I really do. I just don't think it's even knocking them to say they're not amongst the top five. You know, I, you can quite happily put them 
five six places lower and it's like yeah that's that's fine that's not an insult i think what you can say is they were hugely influential tactically because obviously conte switched them to you know to that kind of three four three uh which nobody was playing at the time you know it's very out of fashion to play three at the back uh and then you know it, it becomes a copy that copycat league and suddenly everyone's playing three at the back again so yeah tactically i guess it was it was pretty influential but but yeah i mean i guess the great achievement is it was a relatively poor set of players that he got those results with so it's one of the better managerial performances if you're stacking up manager performances coaching performances that's top two or three but in terms of how good the team was as compared to others yeah i don't think it's it's a top 10 teams in their bottom in the bottom five of this guy's list would would batter that team here we go then we're getting to the the proper business end now uh, just before we do i will say i think that the one thing i wouldn't argue with is the 0405 chelsea being the the top of the three of them i think is absolutely yeah. cool yes uh, uh, if, 100%. and has a definite claim to be number one i think so i think we're gonna move now into the top three and we have Shall I just read them all out? Because we kind of we know what they, we know what they're going to be broadly. Is this from, pandemic Liverpool? For fuck's uh, sake! At, at number three is 2018-19 Manchester City. At number <laughs> two, is that the hundred point team? No, that's the ninety-eight point team. Right. Okay. At, at number two is 2019-20 Liverpool, which is the pandemic <laughs> Liverpool team. And then at number one is the one hundred point Manchester City from 2017-18. So you've yeah. got the two. The two Guardiola teams at one and three and the Klopp Liverpool team in at number two. I don't have too much of a problem with, with the 100 point team being number one. I think that team, like 100 percent, you know, is is in the mix with like 94 United, 0405 Chelsea, Invincibles, 98 Arsenal. You know, I think it's in that it's in that mix. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That that sort of Liverpool team, had the season not been so weird, you know, because they were they were miles ahead of everybody. Before COVID, they? yeah, they probably could have been second. Or they were miles, five. Yeah, miles ahead of anybody. Having City having been, you know, obviously so good. And then you had that hilarious moment where it looked like the season would be null and void and <laughs> Liverpool still wouldn't have won a title. Which, you know, there's that huge sort of schadenfreude of, I wish they'd called that season off because that and, wouldn't and half have been funny. It would have been, but they almost tried to do it themselves after after it came back. They they were atrocious for a lot of the time after after They, had, they had such a cushion, didn't they? They needed to win about... Yeah, they, they were so far ahead. You two know, or three like, games to win the league. They just kind of like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get to this when we, when we so get to what, it. What was the third? Was the 98 one, the city that... Because this, I will absolutely agree with. Was that the city when Liverpool were really pushing for the title? Yeah, that's and so... didn't lose in the last ten games, and City won all their games as well. Yeah, Liverpool finished ninety-seven points. Because that is an yeah. absolute. That I, I would, I I'd, I'd, I'd argue that would be the one that I'd put up against the greatest Premier League achievements because that is a pressure situation, and that is what makes a, a great champion for them to go on that run when Liverpool were so good. And just, you know, not dropping a point. And City were like, 
literally there for the taking the moment they they choked and they they didn't they didn't slip once that that is that that's an amazing feat for me you know that is that is a great championship winning team because that is dealing with pressure every single week at a really high level and they just didn't flinch yeah that's where do you want your statue isn't it Well, anyway, there you have it. That is the the GQ list, and there's plenty of controversy there. And I think what we'll need to do at some point in the future is we're going to have to try and thrash out what our list would be. And we might just limit it to the 28 that they've done here. And if it's going to take a lot of work now. We're not going to do it anytime soon. But someday, I think we need to get together, put our heads together, and actually you know, sit down and work out what a, a real list that isn't so biased towards the last 10 years would actually look like. So, with that said, uh, we're going to call this one here, and uh, we will be back again before too much longer with another episode. Uh, We hope you join us for that. Until next time, take care.